It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down I was born. Welcome back to another edition of American Loser. The loser this week is me, guys, because uh, I just got done sitting in about two hours of traffic. And uh, I think New Jersey drowned in this rainstorm we just had. And uh, I want to let everyone know out there, I'm not saying New Jersey isn't full of assholes already. I'm just saying we're at capacity. So we can't handle other states' assholes right now. It's not good. We're at capacity. And I'm a little bit perturbed guys all right we're going to get into an episode here we are going to give you guys uh, the quality show that you're used to but uh, i'm here in eatontown new jersey mike and ming always taking great care of us as always uh the show's called american loser but i gotta say one thing guys i thought this was a pandemic i thought this was the black plague and why am i dealing with traffic from 2 30 <laughs> on a friday until maybe 10 minutes ago it took me two hours to get down here today um Larry Burke is is not here today, okay? And it's not because of the traffic. He just, uh, he actually had something planned and everything. But I gotta tell you, there's a few too many people out here. I think all of Eatontown's underwater right now. We're doing the Hurricane Sandy thing again. Ming is behind the ones and twos. So I'm going to go ahead and, first of all, thank you for letting us be here, Ming. I appreciate you. Uh, anytime. That's anytime, it. my friends. Anytime. Uh, through nor, nor rain th- or sleet or <laughs> whatever. I don't even know the rest of that, but yeah. You know, it's crazy if uh, if certain things happen, no kid 10 years from now is going to know what that was the motto of because we're going to get rid of the post office, So, which I'm not against, depending on the argument. But uh, Larry Burke is not here. Uh, you know who is here, though? Fresh off parole, guys. The meanest girl in New Jersey. Uh, Carrie Burke, how are you? Uh, it's nice being out in the real world again. That's you know? You say the real world. It's uh, Carrie was deemed essential during um, <laughs> all I, of this. I was, yes. So you didn't go. You know what it is? I think people are readjusting to society right now. So people are relearning how to drive. And um, you, meanwhile, your life didn't really change. No, I've actually joked that Home Depot is a mental institution. Uh, we were mental professionals Ooh. for people sitting at home, not you know going a little stir crazy. Carrie, this is a. I, I don't know if you intended to do this, but you set us up so well for this week's uh, episode of American <laughs> a Loser. Bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> it does tie in now that you say that. Well, it does. And uh, also real quick, you know, you got a nice shout out on the show because you and Crystal got married during the pandemic because you don't value your family's lives. Um, but <laughs> no, we had a great time. I was very honored to be your best man for that. So now and it's recorded. Have to for... do it again. So I know, I know. I'm that was practice. Use the... It's good to have a dry run on those things. It is. But I'm going to uh, go ahead. If you guys already know about the show, which I'm assuming you do, uh, what we like to do is normally it's my father and I only cover weird topics from American history. But Kerry was uh, dragged along on all the same vacations I was as a kid. So you have an appreciation for the weird stuff in history, too. So that's why I think it's always fun when you're uh, coming on the show. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. And now, uh, if you guys like what we do here on the show, because every week, like I said, is a weird story from American history for our Patreon episodes, all right, which the Patreon is growing. The uh, the founding losers were almost at number 56. We lost a, we lost one the other day, but I know why. It was my fault. I did it. It's don't date your Patreon members. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah, no, it, was a, it was a friend of mine and uh, they had something going on. So they were just like, hey, I can't really be donating right now. And I said, totally understand. 
But anyway, uh, over at the Patreon, uh, for just five bucks a month, that's all we ask, a minimum donation, okay? That's one large cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, and f- in exchange for that, we will give you a deep dive on one of the American Loser topics we like to do. We save the premium topics for you guys. No one else gets access to those just yet. So maybe somewhere down the line, we'll wind up releasing them. But that means you guys had them for at least a year before we put those bad boys out for public consumption. And again, uh, it really helps me out because if you guys like the show, that's what I use to keep the studio time going, okay? That's why I still get to buy Ming friendship and love (laughs) one patreon member at a time (laughs) but we're gonna dive in on this one uh so i'm i'm excited care you have you ever been to today's topic because today's topic is a location and not a person yes i i actually have been um they do a a haunted kind of thing don't give away the name of it i'm not going to they do a haunted kind of thing every year and uh i was dragged there kind of unwillingly but it was actually pretty cool so I'm excited because that's something we get to talk to you about now here at the end. Because when we were coming up with all the Halloween episodes, it was because you and Crystal were over the house. We were doing like a little family dinner thing on a Sunday. And this one popped up and you were like, ooh. And uh, as soon as I realized you'd been there, then we had an opportunity to, to maybe – I'm going to let you send this one home at the very end of the episode. Oh, no. But if you guys didn't figure it out yet, uh, it's going to be an interesting topic. The topic today is a little facility known as Eastern State Penitentiary. Dun, dun, dun. That's <laughs> also known as ESP, right? Which I thought was interesting. Huh. But um, so when you hear about prison reform, even in today's arguments, it always seems to boil down to this. Do we make prison a truly awful punishment so that inmates, if and when they do get released, will never do anything wrong again because it was such a bad experience? Or, if that works. Yeah. Or do we try to... You know, maybe fix the behaviors and the conditions that made them turn to a life of crime in the first place. So what do you want to do? I've heard the argument said that uh, certain, you know, if a prison is too harsh, all you're doing is creating a system where they don't know how to function in society anymore. Meanwhile, if you rehabilitate them a little bit, maybe there's a chance that when they get out, they stay out rather than getting sent right back in six months later. Good logic. It's it's an interesting one on here. But I'll say this. you got to figure out what's the behavior that landed this person behind bars in the first place. There's certain people you can rehabilitate and there's other people you can't. We're going to cover a little bit of both today. Yeah. Uh, those are the two legit theories on this um, that are both implemented into the two, quote, systems. Okay. So we'll go system of a down, right? Talking about the, the prison <laughs> song. The first system is known as the Auburn system, which is not uh, college football SEC style. Um, it's, uh, it's also known as the Auburn system or the New York system. And this is modeled off of Auburn Prison. Did you know anything about this in your early research? No, Sing Sing came up for that. Sing Sing is uh, Sing Sing is an example of an extension of policies from the Auburn Prison. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> yes, so it's um, it is a lot. You're correct, but so the fact that you already know about Sing Sing, in your mind, just as a person who's you know, we joke that you've done jail time. You have not yet. There's still the jury's There's still debate out. on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. In your mind, what comes into your head when you hear Sing Sing Prison? New York. The, New York. That's pretty much Does it. Does it sound like a fun place? Does it sound like an Alcatraz type of a, oh, shit, I'm I'm really doing it bad. I'm in Sing Sing. Um, it kind of sounds more like a Broadway production when you hear Sing Sing. 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 <laughs> I don't know why I went to a Nathan Lane voice for that. But exactly. <laughs> correct. Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> well, <laughs> hilariously enough, though, Sing Sing Prison is also where the Rosenbergs got sent. Um, so the Rosenbergs oh. who committed uh, treason against the country, uh, there's some a little bit some conspicuous stuff going on in the, the news with that one at the time. But where they got busted, uh, having a spy ring that they were confirmed about, uh, was actually right next door to where we are in Eatontown, New Jersey, Fort Monmouth. 
So oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, our first Patreon episode. So if you guys want, jump in on the Patreon. You'll learn more about that one. <laughs> but again, so that's the Sing Sing prison is a, a rather infamous facility. The Auburn system, uh, from what I've read, conjures up all these images of chain gangs working roadside out in prison yards wearing those uh, black and white gray hamburger outfits. But silently. Exactly. Doing it in complete silence. Right. Excellent point there. And uh, as uh, my boot camp drill instructors would say, uh, if you uh, screw up with a weapon in boot camp, uh, we're going to send you off to uh, uh, Fort Leavenworth where you'll be uh, making big rocks into little rocks. So. <laughs> Yep, sitting out there with a little hammer, you know, just chipping away at the rocks all day. Chiseling. Yep, chiseling, sitting there with your picks and everything. It's not hard. Almost a Oh Brother, Where Art Thou vibe comes in, right? A little bit. A little bit. So the the prison uh, is also, they believe, like you said, Carrie, in total silence and very strict punishment. So um, you are not the talker of the family. No, I'm not. No. Um, But when you talk, people listen. Which is good. Sometimes. You, you do it sparingly, right? And then there's me who I don't shut the fuck up as everyone's fit. There's a reason I have a podcast. <laughs> but so you got to do everything throughout your entire work day at this Auburn prison. So it's arduous labor and you're, you know, it's the disciplinarian is in charge. The guy's name is uh, Elam Wins. Okay. He believes in these strict punishments. He's a very forceful warden. Um, Wins is the one who implemented what's known as pretty much chain gangs, by the way. So, um, I'm trying to remember, it's always been like a folly of like the Mel Brooks movies when uh, all the knights in shining armor came out in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights and you knock the one over and they all go down like dominoes. <laughs> I think that's what would have happened uh, because they're putting these people, to, they're chaining people. One prisoner has his arms chained to the prisoner in front of him and they're not allowed to look at the guards and they all have to move and kind of shuffle. It's definitely a humiliating experience. I would imagine that. Yeah. It's not like the, the nowadays cool guys where they get to lift weights and wear cool bright orange jumpsuits. And... Pick up trash on the on exactly. the side of the highway. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see a whole lot of them out today. But um, you add in this hard labor, the total silence, and this Elam Wins guy who's... Uh, we're going to get a little bit more into him for a second. But... Uh, this allows for the first prison system to profit off of prison labor. So the prisoners are making shit like nails and uh, barrels and uh, all sorts of other. They actually do uh, uh, make combs. They make women's clothing. Okay. License plates come later. License plates is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I just did think that was interesting. If you had um, if you had a woman's uh, dress like high society fashion, you were like, oh, made in Auburn prison. Prison. Jesus. <laughs> Nowadays, it's much more humane. We send it overseas to get Made them. with care by prisoner number one. <laughs> Inspector 8745. <laughs> but the, That's uh, what those mean. Pretty much. <laughs> so the uh, the prisoners are making all these things. They, eventually, they even get into the silk trade, which I thought was interesting. So Auburn Prison is upstate New York. And uh, that's further away from uh, another spot that was known for uh, crime and, and silk. Patterson, New Jersey, Kerry. <laughs> uh, yes, that I knew. We grew up right next, known as Silk City back in the day. Yep, but with the waterfall and it's still a beautiful town. Just uh, you know, I wish they would work on. Yeah, it, it, during the day. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but these prisoners are working on stuff. They're making it's a it's a difficult life. That's not a prison you want to get sentenced to up there. Ah, uh, sounds so dreamy though. Well, uh, dreamy <laughs> comes in by comparison for this episode, right? So it's a little awful to consider this, but uh, how many lawyers do you think had to be brought in to work out the idea of what punishments should be allowed on the prisoners in a prison? Yikes. Imagine that. A bunch of lawyers sitting around having a business lunch discussing, well, what's the ethical amount of torture we can use? 
that's an interesting it is but unfortunately that's probably a true thing that had to happen here because old elam winds had a reputation for using flogging uh almost a little bit too much just flogging well he was big on well we're going to get into your stuff in a second <laughs> but he would flog sounds mild yeah flogging was like r detention for him you know what i mean that was like that was getting off easy did they bring the nuns in for that they might as well have i mean uh, there is a little bit of a religious aspect to the whole prison thing we'll, we'll cover in a second but um so before i dive in on the very weird thing i found because it, it is a left turn from hell this would be where kahuna's jaw would be on the ground because you always know when you get Kahuna back interested, who will be back in studio with us soon. He's working on something. I think he just dropped a Christmas album or something. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> but um, anyway, he's uh, he's the best. But you always know on the show whenever we get uh, him to pay attention because then he goes, wait, hang on one second. And it's like, dude, you have headphones on. You've been hearing this whole thing. <laughs> hearing or listening, though? Uh, well said. They're two different things. So Elam Wins likes to crack the whip a little bit over here. Um what is the now we're still talking about Auburn prison here so I'll, I'll mention the the whipping thing here but you got some info on this as you're busting out your Chromebook not on him not, well, not I mean not on Elam Elam wins but uh, I'll tell you what you tell me about the torture methods you found out about oh yikes so you ready yeah they're a little rough take it off let's go are, are you talking for uh, our actual topic though well I'll tell you what um, you want to go specific towards Eastern State Penitentiary do you want me to Yes, I'll tell you what, let me do this first and we'll set you up for success there. This was uh, Carrie's a last minute fill-in guest and I'm still a little bit angry about the parkway, so apologies for the <laughs> lack of professionalism there. So um, that's what had to happen with Elam Wins though. They figured it out that after a particularly brutal incident, because uh, he would use flogging if you mouthed off at a guard, um, if anything was really going on, if you made too much eye contact. So after a particularly brutal incident where a prisoner died from neglect after severe lashing, uh, new rules came down. So now, you know, we're trying to be more civilized here, Kerry. A maximum of six lashes from a six-stranded whip. So that's we're reducing the cruelty, right? Whoa. Yeah. How many lashings would you feel like you could take? Uh, zero. Zero? <laughs> I, I've asked it, myself this like this question. It's like going to the dentist for me. That's, <laughs> that's why I don't go. <laughs> well, I don't blame you on that one. Um, I'll say this, though. So the, the lashing thing is nuts. But I just said it. Six lashes from a six-stranded whip. That means that it has uh, it, what's known as a cat, if you will. Like a cat tail? Mm-hmm. So it'd be a cat tail with six little strands on it. So when you're getting whipped, you're getting whipped hard, and it's six smaller whips that are hitting you. So it's not just so one. it's like getting whipped 36 times. Essentially. Um, so now that's, again, we, like we said, reduced cruelty here. Um, so that we're going to reduce <laughs> the reduced. amount of whips. Yeah, let's, let's cut that back. Because it used to be, get this shit. We're going to have to talk about the British Navy for a second, and that's where this weird left turn comes in. The British Navy is credited with the wide implementation of this method of punishment, and they did it during the Napoleonic Wars, okay? And of course, drunken sailors have to be involved. Uh, what was known as a cat of nines, okay? I've heard of those. Mm -hmm. Cat of nines. So that is in a, a nine-stranded rope whip. So that's three more than what the boys over at uh, Auburn Prison are getting, <laughs> right? And that's just on those one individual whip. three make a difference, though. Uh, you'd be shocked. <laughs> you'd be shocked. I, I'm going to say you'll notice the difference. Um, 
So uh, the cat you know that from experience. Uh, well, that here's the weirdest <laughs> part. When you search these things, it's uncomfortable because I, I searched cat and nines and I searched uh, multi strand and there's always like um, it'll be historical stuff like medieval torture devices, uh, old time torture, and then uh, Etsy, um, right. Etsy glam bank is it or whatever trying to sell you like, oh, do you want a whip to spice things up at home? You know, dominatrix. Set. I was going to say the sex shop down the street sells them still. Oof. Does not shock me. It's <laughs> uh, it is concerning to me when people play prison in their um, their free time. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, this cat of nines, like we said, is used to lash and flog the offending parties for various different reasons. The cat was often nicknamed uh, the cat of nines. If you will, was nicknamed the captain's daughter. I thought we were going to give it names like Fluffy. No, or uh, the the what was it? Uh, Yellow Mama or uh, Big Sparky, Old <laughs> Sparky. <you> <laughs> Old smoke, yellow electric chair stuff. Well, uh, this nickname was the captain's daughter, and you certainly did not want to get to know her. So if they busted out the captain's daughter, everybody you know knew some shit was going down. And they used to flog everybody in public, too, for the most part. So this is the weirdest shit that I found. A dozen lashes was the punishment usually for being drunk on duty or for striking an officer. So if you want to punch your department head in the face, you can, but you're going to get a dozen lashes for it. Lashes for it. Yeah, sometimes it might be worth it. I've had a couple supervisors I've thought about it with. Um, 200 lashes for desertion. So if you try to escape and they catch you and bring you back, 200 lashes is the punishment. 300 for mutiny. 300 lashes. Again, with a cat of nines. So you're getting hit. I don't want to do the math on that one. But 300 is for mutiny. 500 for theft. Yeah, 500 lashes for theft. And 1,000 lashes for sodomy. So, Does that make any sense? Like when you go up like degrees of like what could be the worst crime? Um, I, I understood what you meant by that, but there's a little factoid in here we're going to have to cover in a second. Uh, so how many lashes do you think it would take to kill somebody? Um, I would imagine the 200 one. So you're, good guess. Uh, 250 to 500 lashes could kill a person. So, if so you, a thousand you're just overkilling? Uh, yes. So a thousand lashes that essentially sodomy was punishable by death for the, the British Navy. And I thought that was interesting because they don't actually say it's the death penalty, but they would sentence you to a thousand lashes, um, which meant that, you know, you would you, you weren't going to live through it. So they're going to put you in the ground and they're going to lash you while they do it um, until you Keep aren't the coffin moving open. It makes you wonder. Keep lashing. Sometimes they had to extend the lashes uh, over a period of time. They would let you heal up so that you could get lashed again. Yeah, that sounds good. And then right. there were other boats that would send you to, all right, we get uh, get 100 lashes at this boat. Then we take you over to this other boat where you get another 100 lashes. So get a load of this shit. Typically, anywhere between, uh, like I said, 250 to 500 lashes could kill somebody. And a lot of the deaths from lashing was mostly from infections because you're, you're breaking the skin. It's, right. uh, it's a nasty. Open sores. They're oh, not yeah. treating it at all. Yeah. And um, the sailors would often cover the punished person's wounds with salt water. Now, the theory on that was that it was going to be like a crude antiseptic kind of a thing, like it's your back teen or whatever you want to put on it. Could you imagine that, though? Well, um, like uh, literally yes. putting salt on a wound. That is where the term came from. Ouch. Yep. That's legitimately that's, uh, where the term came from. Rubbing salt in the wounds. Ugh. But uh, don't worry, guys. It's uh, not just fun for the adults, though. Uh, if a young cabin boy or a lad was misbehaving at sea, there's a special cat or a special whip just for the boy. It's a mini version. 
essentially. So uh, just off an age thing here, because uh, size-wise, Kahuna could kill all of us if he wanted to. <laughs> but um, so let's say Ming's the captain of the ship, and uh, you and me are, are officers on the ship, and uh, Kahuna's the cabin boy, and he's misbehaving, and we have to sentence him for whipping now, right? There's literally a boy's cat, is what it was known as, also known as a boy's pussy, okay? Also known as just a pussy, okay? It was a lighter whip that was used to punish boys and certain officers from higher families in order to ensure that they survive. Because as we covered in the John Paul Jones episode, John Paul Jones whipped a guy to death for uh, mutiny and the guy died, right? You know, obviously, whipped to death, died. Um, but he was from a high-born family. So then that family was now going after John Paul Jones the rest of his life. So if you wanted to ensure like, hey, you know, I got I got a big guest coming in. We get like Brian O'Halloran in here or something. We're going to lightly whip O'Halloran, you know, because we don't want to get... <laughs> we need this guy around. Exactly. So uh, again, that's where that term rubbing salt in the wounds comes from. And this is also where another term is about to come from. The boy's cat, the boy's pussy, the pussy, the whipping, pussy whipped. Yep. Wow. Absolutely true story. Uh, many young men or certain higher born officers, if they were going to get punished, because you got punished in public too with the whips. They'd bring you out on the main deck and you'd get hit in front of everybody. Put you in the stocks. Mm -hmm. Well, the crew would um, would be on deck to watch you get whipped. So, And it was a reminder of everybody else uh, you know, to, uh, hey, make sure you don't – we're serious about discipline around here. So now imagine you go out there and you got to face all these men, sometimes bare bottomed. Most of the times these guys were naked. Oh. Oh, yeah. So now. Just for fun? Uh, well, <laughs> no, the, the crew wasn't naked. It was uh, <laughs> the guy getting whipped was naked. Uh, so all right. Different kind of sailors you're thinking of. But um, anyway, so if they took out this uh, this pussy whip, if you will, um, the guys would say, uh, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to let the crew see me accept a lighter punishment. I'm going to man up and I'm going to take it as a badge of honor. You can't break me. I'm going to take the full regular whip, you know, bust out the cat of nines. I'll take the whip in like a man. Right. So, and again, so when someone says you're being pussy whipped, that means uh, it has a different modern parlance, but Ming sighed like, yep, know what you mean, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But to me, it's a, it's a fascinating um, – uh, we took the modern parlance of the word and it means now, you know, like someone being led around by their girlfriend or whatever. And it's like man up. The, the response is still to man up to a pussy whipping. So back then that was sailors saying this over facing a cat of nines rather than the, the boy's pussy. Is there like a certain age where you cross over from like the little whip to the big whip? Well, like, oh, you just turned 13. Uh, you get the big whip now. Well, that's my theory. Like when I stopped crying when I got hurt because uh, someone I forget, you know, it's always meaner. Uh, life is very mean to women and it's very difficult for women and they have to deal with a lot of stuff and they have emotional components to things that I truly respect. There is something mean and cold blooded about what happens to boys when one day they're allowed to cry and look for their mom. And then the next day, it's like, what are you, fucking pussy? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're like, shit. I be so, and then that just, that people just stuff that down their throat until like, like literally a bee could sting your eyeball and you'd be like, I'm walking it off. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, though. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've, There's a stigma about that. Totally. I remember scraping my knee playing roller hockey uh, and then wanting, you know, looking for mom one time and then I realized she wasn't there. And so I just remember fighting the tears back. And now that's why I'm able to break my ankle and just say, shit. <laughs> so. Drag me out of the nightclub. Uh, it's happened. That was the ACL. <laughs> I've done a lot of dumb things. But uh, so we're just about to wrap up on that one weird left turn here. So we're going to set you up for success in a second, Carrie. But uh, that is where that term came from. 
And uh, finally, after this diatribe, here we are now. We're back at the Auburn, or the New York system of prison. They're using cats uh, on these prisoners, right? Not like it's, Don't get me wrong, I don't like cats either, but uh, cats of, you know, uh, not nines, but sixes on here. Hard labor and silence gray striped uniforms and it's all done on yeah like you said in complete silence in order to break the idea of one's self which is what they do in boot camp by the way we have to get you to think as a group we have to break you down and build you back up and i have a relatively strong mind so i kept some of my own personality <laughs> traits but there are guys that you just watched go into that full metal jacket mode you know and i that, can imagine that that's what this prison's trying to turn out so well the silence thing was also to keep them from communicating with each other kind of like you know, they don't want riots starting. They don't want them all ganging exactly. up. And... <clears throat> well, there's a, they're terrified of that. And then also the idea is that if you get these guys uh, to show them the value of hard work, then maybe when they get out, if they get out, then they'll be productive members of society. Right. Now, that is going on at the same time, uh, or as we'll use a word today to show off a little bit, contemporaneously. That's okay. a big word. It is. Is that your one. word of the day? Uh, well, we, we, we haven't used zeitgeist yet, so... Um, <laughs> But this leads us to the other system at the time known as uh, the Pennsylvania system. True. So did you know anything about this beforehand? I did not. She didn't. Okay. No. All right. No problem. I, I don't typically look up prisons in my spare it's, time. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're right to do so. It's um, the Pennsylvania system uh, or the PA system. A little audio humor for you there, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, God, I'm a hack. Um, the, the PA system. We call you a comedian? That's, <laughs> I used to oh, be back, back when gigs existed. Um, but the PA system, uh, if you will, almost uh, seems like a meditation retreat compared to the conditions of Auburn, the uh, Auburn prison system. But you wouldn't be able to tell by the look of it. So the Pennsylvania system, uh, like we said, uh, is going to be something that's implemented in Eastern State Penitentiary, which, by the way, runs from 1829 to 1971 to give you an idea of the zeitgeist. There it is. See, Did so. you, do you know the name of the group that kind of started the talks of Eastern State? Uh, keep going because it involves um, a pretty significant historical figure. A couple. Go ahead. Pretty significant. Um, it's the Philadelphia Society for Alleviating the Miseries of Public Prisons. That is the full name of the group that kind of started it, the, the Eastern State Penitentiary. It's not quite ma'am or no ma'am. What was uh, yeah. Al Bundy's group? <laughs> so, no, that's, uh, that's wild. And then I believe one of the early decisions to make this facility was uh, at a meeting that was at, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Go ahead and say it. Whose house was it? Benjamin Franklin. Ben Franklin, because ain't nothing happening in Philly if Ben Franklin don't know about it. Nope. So, um, Which, like, I never knew. When I went there, I, I never thought that it, Ben Franklin would be part of the, you know, inception of this thing well we didn't think ben franklin was going to be involved with the story of the jersey devil either and yet there he was so we found out some wild shit about ben franklin on this show interesting <laughs> but uh so eastern state Ten uh eastern state penitentiary by the way in the writing of this episode i realized how hard of a word penitentiary is to spell not a fan. it is yeah not you a gotta fan. like sound it out <laughs> Well, it's going to serve as a model prison for this solitary rehabilitational style of prison. So they're big on solitary confinement. Everybody at Auburn is kind of asses to elbows up there. They're all working in groups all day in complete silence. It's very demoralizing. But this solitary style of prison is what's getting implemented over at Eastern State. They're going to keep the prisoners isolated from one another in separate quarters. And the intention was that this would allow for personal reflection. Right. You know? That's why they call it a penitentiary instead of a prison. Keep going. So you can be penitent. Penitent, as in as in as in showing, as in repenting. 
I think so. A little bit of a uh, short doing, I didn't doing look the word of a penance, Carrie. Huh? Sure. Yeah. No, this is uh-huh. all of the jit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is all legit here. Um, so get a load of this one. Even that falls into the design. That's why I say there is a religious aspect to a prison, which is kind of a goofy thing to think about. But well, the Quakers were also kind of behind this. They uh, some people agree with that, and then other people say the Anglican Church, which uh, I don't know too much about. Neither so do I. It's it's good though. But you're in PA, so it makes sense to have the Quakers involved a little bit here. They're a goofy uh, a goofy tribe. Someone else, I think uh, you've talked about Dr. Benjamin Rush. Keep going. He was also part of that whole meeting at Benjamin Franklin's house. Ah, see? Almost a loser reception on that one. A little bit. But, <laughs> well, this was kind of interesting to me. So, uh, and Ming's bringing up pictures of the place now. This is a, uh, what a cool looking facility it is. And uh, I would encourage anybody, I don't know what's going on with COVID and everything right now, but this is their big time of year for them. So, uh, well, they're still doing tours, but Terror Behind the Walls is canceled apparently. Oh yeah. You can't socially distance scare people. No. Ah, stay six feet away from me you could scare the demons that are hiding in the walls by sneezing on them <laughs> wear a mask so but uh interestingly enough the design of the cells um the, the prisoners do get their own room you're going to keep them by themselves a lot of time to think about what you've done mister a good old timeout kind of a, a theory but the doors to go into the prisons would require uh they're very small openings so have you been in one of the cells uh, I've looked into them. You've looked into them. You're, are you allowed into any of them when you go there? I don't remember, but okay. I was only there for terror behind the walls. Understood. Which, uh, again, we already kind of gave it away. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the sickness of Eastern State Penitentiary is that we turn it into a theme park. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, upon your entry into uh, one of these cells, though, uh, it would force the guys. It was a very low-hanging door, so it would force the people to uh, bow or lower their heads and even to get in there which is supposed to be them like repenting that that's you um, uh, honoring God by entering your prison cell. Interesting. And then when you're inside your prison cell, uh, each one had, Ming's got a picture of it over there. It's a, a little skylight, if you will, that is in the, the top of each individual cell that that's where you're getting your natural sunlight to come in. Mm-hmm. That's where everything's coming in. That's how you know what time of day it is, essentially. And also it's the idea that it, they were called the eye of God windows and that God was watching you. So... God was watching you, so stop masturbating, prisoner seven four eight six. So funny you mentioned that. Um, I was in my research for this. Um, there's a show called Ghost Adventures, and they have actually done Eastern State Penitentiary, and they looked at the death ledger of inmates that have died at the prison. One of them died from masturbation. Jesus. <laughs> well. You hear that, kids out there? It's not as safe as you think. All right, so give it up. <laughs> but no, if um, it, that's insanity to me. But it is. Uh, it, Ming's got the picture up right there. You can see that the light of God. Now, actually, to be quite honest, if I saw one of these Eastern State Penitentiary solitary cells, and you told me it was a prison cell, I would say absolutely. It also looks like it could be part of like a fortification where you keep a gun or something. And also it's a tiny little cramped up space with only one bed in it, but a little bit of natural sunlight. So $2,200 a month on the Lower East Side. That sounds about (laughs) right. So these are pandemic prices, baby. Get in on them while they're hot. It's a studio apartment. (laughs) I've, uh, you know what, because I was in the Navy and lived on a guided missile destroyer for uh, two years of my life, that does look spacious, actually. Right. I'd be like, oof, officer's quarters. Fantastic. Can stand up in here. With a view. And my own toilet. And running water and heat before the White House had running water. That is 
The craziest thing about this entire story is the idea that Eastern State Penitentiary, which is at the time it's being constructed, uh, one of the most expensive uh, buildings in, I believe, the history of the country. It was, yes. And uh, it takes a while from the design. We're going to get into the guy who designed it in a second, too. But one of the big factors, like you said, Kerry, is that you can see the pipes that are in there. It almost acts as like a radiator where there was not hot water coming, but warm water coming through there right. that would keep the prison cell at least appropriately warmed. Right. So, Which was technically luxurious. Yeah, this is... Um, <laughs> when you have heat and and running water before the, the president does. And a tap that in, would uh, come into your cell as in well. In a prison. That's, <laughs> I should have looked it up and seen who was the uh, the first president to have running water in the White House. That would have been an interesting... Uh, I bet you it's Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> just because everything <laughs> seems to be Teddy. But So they have this uh, skylight in here. God is watching you. You bow upon entrance to the place. So that's the argument, like you said earlier, Kara. What's the difference between a prison and a penitentiary? You have Auburn Prison versus Eastern State here. Eastern State is going to use things, interestingly enough, like gardens, little like reflection gardens, if you will, that the prisoners, when they get their exercise time, which, by the way, pretty – I got to be honest. If you – people were going nuts for two weeks living in isolation for the quarantine and everything, it would catch up to you eventually to live like this in solitary confinement. But doesn't it sound a little bit nice up front where you're like, oh, no one's going to bug you. You know, the meals are delivered to your door. Right. You get uh, sunlight. There's exercise time. There's a garden. They actually had uh, pets that were allowed to be kept out in the garden. So if you wanted like a, yeah. How that I didn't that? hear about. No, there was uh, legit pets. We're going to cover that because there's- um, there's, there's one a, specific. Yes. So you know which one I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But there would be pets that would be kept out in the garden. So it's like um, almost like a petting zoo of sorts where if you wanted to have like a baby goat or something like that, or if you wanted to put rabbits out there, the inmates would go out and they'd garden. And then if a rabbit came up to them, they could pet the rabbit or something. These are all things that would typically keep people pretty calm. I mean, these are – this is like a winery. That was Nate and I's great idea <laughs> was a winery where a dog teaches you how to do the paint by numbers thing. So that was like – we sat there. We're like, this is how we get all of the – um, Bergen Housewives money is to get this. <laughs> but sorry, cousins. Um, but anyway, uh, that is the argument going on right now. Each row, and by the way, the floor plan, the floor plan I think is worth noting. Ming just pulled it up here. Uh, Ming, what does that look like to you um, when you look at that floor plan? Because it, it looks like something specific to me. Uh, are they like spokes of a wheel or? It looks like it looks like a Dutch windmill. A Dutch windmill, yes. Yeah. So if go. you laid that down, if you built up, if you built a, a Dutch windmill from the ground up, because that's the way it was. They had a central location in the prison and then they had all these different um, kind of corridors going out. I mean, all that stuff's still standing, right, Care? Yes. Okay. I, I know you can't get into the entire facility anymore, but... I mean, it is a ominous look and uh, also overlooking Philadelphia. So, uh, I mean, you want to talk about Philadelphia one bedrooms being uh, affordable. <laughs> we got one for you here at Eastern State, baby. But they're, um, each row is going to have its cells lining up, moving towards the outer walls. And the exterior is going to have um, this neo-Gothic look. So that's new Gothic look. And the reason why is because they wanted the inside. Don't get me wrong. It does look like a fort. The outside looks like a fort, too. But that was by design. Because, and we're going to talk about this in a second, because the guy was such an architectural master who uh, put the whole thing together and the building itself is a piece of art. Um, it's cool to have these rows of prisoners out there, but they're going to have to add on to the building over time, right? Uh, the outside of this place is designed to look like uh, a sanitarium that in like the late 1700s in England and Ireland, uh, that there were these sanitariums out there that would look very imposing. 
And he wanted it to be a spooky look on the outside where anybody who was passing by who was like, ooh, you, I better act right because I don't want to be living in there one day. <laughs> they actually so. do have two gargoyles guarding the front door. Uh, they're legit gargoyles too. I couldn't yep. figure out if they were there for the terror in the walls thing or no, if they were. They're, they're permanent. See, that's interesting. Gargoyles in general are pretty interesting if you want to go down that um, wormhole one day. But um, like we said, uh, meanwhile, it looks intimidating on the outside, but then you're hearing about these guys having pets and reflection gardens and exercise <laughs> time on the inside. It's almost sound like a spa, like a, like a rehab. You want to go learn how to quit drinking? <laughs> Come on down to Eastern State Penitentiary. Passages at Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> so... But that's the uh, the argument right there. They're trying to figure out all this stuff. And uh, the guy who is going to go ahead and be the dude who creates this place, if you will, like we said, he gets his inspiration for the outside from 1700 sanitariums in England and Ireland. Uh, he's, a again, this guy got picked, handpicked by this crew. Okay. Uh, and in 1821, he gets uh, contracted to design uh, what's going to become one of America's most famous prisons. Yeah. And his name is uh, John Haviland. You know how much he got paid for his design? I'm terrified. What is it? $100. Hey, but that we're talking 1821 money. Right. That's <laughs> I didn't adjust it for inflation, so. Well, uh Havilland was a busy guy. He uh, he designed a lot of other buildings. He so, did. um he also helped with work on uh, Liberty Hall. Uh Lib Independence Hall? It, sorry, yeah, Independence. Yeah, Independence. Hall. He did renovations on that one. Um also, interestingly enough, welcome to your Jersey connection for the week, guys. Not only is Haviland highly sought after in the Philadelphia area, he also designs the Franklin Institute over in Philly, and then also decides to come on up to Jersey, where he helps design Jersey State Penitentiary in Trenton, yep. also known as Trenton State Prison. Mm -hmm. So, that's the, uh, the guy who oversaw the construction is actually born in New Jersey. No shit. What was his name? Uh, William Strickland. He was born in Navasink. Navisink IPA, Ross Brewing. Exactly. See, it all comes there together. That's a <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, it's nuts. This guy had a, a body of work. He was widely sought after. And um, it, it does make me laugh a little bit, though, that uh, it used to be Trenton State College and the New Jersey State Penitentiary. And now it's, uh, you know, the College of New Jersey and Trenton State Penitentiary. <laughs> so when my dad told me he went to Trenton State, um, you know, you have to ask a follow up. Which, which one? <laughs> so. Haviland, by the way, such an accomplished uh, architect that he actually is buried inside of his own family vault inside of a building he designed in Philadelphia. So well, that's, that's interesting. a total new meaning to the phrase, dig your own grave. Right. I will design my own grave, sir. <laughs> but uh, like you said, Kerr, each cell over in Eastern State Penitentiary, though, there's, they're almost modern marvels. You got uh, uh, some form of plumbing. There's heating. The toilets, I thought this was worth noting. The toilets uh, worked, but you weren't allowed to flush them. They got flushed by the guards. Once a day. Once a day? Okay. That's I, what I read. I had it as twice a week. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I guarantee you, if you were a pain in the ass, I guarantee you your guards, oh, I forgot. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> forgot. Oops. Oh, Taco Tuesday? Sorry. Not flush <laughs> until Thursday, pal. Enjoy your own aroma. So, but the problem with that design, though, with everything moving out, like you kind of had it set it up, um, is that what's going to happen when you build out like that? What's the thing we always say? Dad taught us this about uh, additions and stuff like that. That um, you can't, if you don't have more land, you know, you can't build out, but you can build up. Yes. So eventually they're going to have to do that because guess what? The prisons are quite crowded. I don't yeah. know if you guys, uh, I should figure out what year the Eagles came to town for uh, football, but I guarantee you, you know, a lot of them got sent over to uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of drunk tailgaters. 
you know how many years you get for throwing batteries at Santa Claus? But <laughs> anyway, that's the problem with uh, the design. He runs out of space. The original occupants were actually petty thieves, uh, but soon the prison is going to start housing a couple more violent folks. So the overcrowding of the prison leads to uh, an eventual end to single cell confinement. Yeah, they only made it through the construction of uh, the first three blocks before they figured out, oh, crap, we're, we're at capacity. And now we need to Shit. start going two levels. And then eventually they started adding two beds to each cell. So it, it was no longer solitary. Now, I know it's crazy. And I know people would say that they would go nuts. But I actually enjoy being by myself a lot. And the solitary, I'm like, oh, I can read, I can exercise. I'd get some stuff done. But if you put me in a room with somebody else nonstop like that, and I don't get along with them, I know this from experience. It's a matter of time before I, I think about killing yeah, them. Yeah, it's a ticking time bomb. It's, <laughs> I mean, you and me couldn't share a hallway at certain times of our youth. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so once you start adding more people in here, it's uh, th there were some light prisoners. You know what I mean? I think about this sometimes. Uh, if you stole a car. Right. You're tech. You know, that that's a crime, but it's not a violent crime unless you rip somebody out of the car and assault them or anything like that. But now you robbed. A, let's say you stole a car. So that's Grand Theft Auto, whatever you want to call it. And now all of a sudden you're mixing it around in prison with guys who legit have, you know, manslaughter charges right. or assault charges or battery charges. By the way, everyone always forgets this battery is worse than assault, depending on how you look at the definitions. But. So uh, now you're a little kid running around in prison, if you will. You know what I mean? Just a little, oh, I stole some potatoes or something like that. And now you're hanging out with the big bad murderers. So, Well, the first uh, inmate, technically, uh, prisoner number one was Charles Williams. He went for a burglary. Uh, he stole, he was a farmer by trade. Uh, and his theft included one $20 watch, one $3 gold seal, and a gold key. And he was sentenced to two years confinement with labor. Jesus. Not worth the two years, is it? <laughs> well, that sounds like a form of torture. So if you want to bring up your info too, I'm about to set you up for uh, what we were talking about earlier. That um, This is worth mentioning. So like we said, you, you're starting to have overcrowding here. But again, the, the idea of this prison versus the Auburn system is that you're trying to rehabilitate people. We're giving you a chance to think and come out of, you know, join society and be productive again. On paper, right? There's a lot of bad shit going on that's We're not getting to be done. Humane. <laughs> mm -hmm. This humane prison still has some. You know, you're still housing prisoners who are not typically easy to deal with. Okay, then you got prison guards who no one who's, you know, that's that's a mean job to have to be a prison guard. You know what I mean? And I don't mean it's a mean job, like it is a mean job in uh, how you have to act and portray yourself, but it's also a mean job in terms of what you have to deal with. Yes, and part of the problem of flaw, at least that I think of uh, with this prison design, the doors to the cells were so close to the railing that prisoners would actually shove guards over the railing. Whoa, okay. So like when you have like the second floor, um, they actually have cables coming across the little catwalk in between uh, the two sides of the cells because prisoners would shove guards over the railing and they would fall. Jesus. So they had to create kind of like a safety net in between yeah, that's all you need is a little bit extra risk to be assigned. Right. Hey, can we also have a, a huge design flaw that makes it easier for us to fall to our deaths? Very right. important to me. I wouldn't want to be a guard walking down that catwalk. No. That shimmy along the railing like, no, don't touch me. That's, yeah. Suck well, it in. That was always something that like uh, would. Yeah, see like that, it, 
Ming just brought up a picture that's open. Certain other cell blocks had cables going across between the railings. That's so crazy. So when they got shoved over, they didn't fall down. But you can see how that's like super skinny between the railing and the, the wall where the cells are. Yeah, I don't, uh, especially when you're going to open the door here too, because originally that was part of the design was that they were trying to make it so that um, there would be small doors in the original um, you know, portions of the, the prison that, again, you bend over to even get into the door of. And then the only real interaction between the guard and you should be when the guard is throwing food underneath the door for you, you know, so right. you have three meals a day. Uh, each cell actually also had two doors. They had an inner metal door with holes in it. That's where the food came from, right? Probably. I think. And then they had a wooden door, kind of like a barn door style on the outside of it so that they could close it and you're in your cell. <laughs> so they were trying to cut down on prisoners communicating with each other and no talking across the hallway and things like that. Well, like a huge you're in design. your cell, you're, you're done. Yeah, a huge design, too, to get the prisoners to not be able to talk to each other. Um, the prisoners used to be able to send messages via the toilet. <laughs> Do you know this? No. Yeah, they, they used to be able to send through the sewage pipes coming out of the shitter. They'd be able to send a message because their shitter would feed into someone else's shitter. So let so me wrap you, up my turd with a piece of paper with it, a message on yeah, it. Essentially, yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to send a turd down to you with a you know a message or whatever. Oh, and um, but they put a little stoppage in there, and then you'd be able to check the toilet to see if there was any mess. Almost like the old um, the old school bank teller when you go, you'd go through the drive, <laughs> but Press just the button, yeah, just with shit. So, oh, is that a kernel of corn, or is that a little <laughs> message in there? When did we have taquitos? <laughs> Jesus, but uh, so yeah, that's a, a interesting way that they countered that. Was Haviland was one of the guys credited because the the plumbing side of this is a modern marvel. Too, it was at like the time, said, yeah. To have, uh, you know, hot water and running water and all that other stuff well in advance of a certain government building. Right. Um, but that was, uh, it was pretty nuts. The lines for the toilets would go straight down into the sewer so that it wouldn't be interconnecting anymore because that was how guys, and, and again, that probably helps for stoppages too. You can figure out whose toilet's clogged. Right. But that's just the old excavation worker in me. But the, um, I just had to bring my notes up here for this next part because we're about to set you up for success, care. But um, the overcrowding is going to – that's becoming an issue right now. It is. It's uh, – the building's going to need a little bit of – you know, it, well, it's got no space left. Uh, and unfortunately, some of the misbehaving prisoners are getting actively tortured in this facility. Uh, beatings that I heard of – I mean, there's regular beatings for sure. Um, then there was the idea of throwing a prisoner into the hole, right? Anyone who's yeah. watched Oz would know about that one. Throw him into the hole. Uh, on Oz, they always threw him in naked, which was like – as great of a show as Oz is, you're like, Jesus, how many dicks do I have to see per episode, <laughs> fellas? Come on, man. At least balance it out. Give me like a chick or something every coming. Nah, I can't do that. Nope. Nope. All male prison. We knew what we were getting started with. But um, but the hole was crazy because the hole would have, um, there's no sunlight, oftentimes no food, and uh, no human contact for sometimes up to two weeks. So again, yes. you thought you went nuts in quarantine because you were walking around your house watching Netflix all day. These guys were going absolute batshit and they probably weren't playing with a full deck of cards already to begin with. And some some of the food that they were getting was being also eaten by roaches, rats. Oh yeah, there's yeah. competition down there. Mm -hmm. it's, um, well, the worst prisoners were kept over in cell block 15. That's what I heard, is that true? That I don't know. Okay. I believe it was kept over in cell block 15. Uh, and the guards, th these guys were so bad, guards weren't allowed to make any contact with them. Everything was done through cages. So you couldn't even be in the same room as a guard. So if you oh. were a lower risk prisoner, you could get a little bit up close and personal with the guard, maybe get to know him a little bit. 
Um, but the Cell Block 15 guys, they were so bad news that um, Ming has two studios here. We'd be in this studio controlling the bad prisoners in the other studio. That's how they would try to work that one. So like a modern prison. Yes, that is the move on that one. And um, now, what are some of the other weird things that were going on here, uh, torture-wise, at Eastern State Penitentiary, Care? Um, well, to, so each prisoner, uh, anytime they were let out of their cell, which would be one hour a day, uh, they were put under a hood that yep. at the start didn't have any eye holes. And then they eventually poked eye holes in all these hoods so that they could at least, I guess, see where they're going. Um, but then uh, there are other torture methods if they uh, if there were rule breaking, something called the mad chair. Uh, where prisoners were confined for days, unable to move their bodies because they were so tightly bound that some later required amputation because their limbs uh, just lost circulation. And like atrophied and shit? Yeah. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, you mentioned the hole. Uh, there there was also something called the water bath. Uh, which, that sounds nice. What's that? Yeah, that's I some sort of a spa treatment? chops about that because uh, she's... She doesn't like the cold. She doesn't like being cold. She gets cold very quickly. So I, I said, oh, this one would be your favorite one. Uh, it's a, a dunk into cold water that was followed by hanging him from a prison wall all night long. In the bucket? Uh, no, after he was so, dunked. Okay, so so they, he just, he's Jesus. wet. He's being hung from the wall. Uh, but also during the winter months. So then you'd find the inmate in the morning with a layer of frost on them. Just like uh, Frankie Carbone <laughs> in Goodfellas. Took him a week to thaw out Carbone for the autopsy. <laughs> um, and then the last one. Uh, the mad chair. Just so, so far, just to recap here. So water bath sounds terrible. Yeah. The mad chair sounds like the worst one so far for me, though, because I, I go crazy if I can't move. Uh, this next one for you would be the worst. Continue. You would not want this punishment. Let, I'm sorry, hear. but... Uh, for you of all people. Uh, I think I know which one you're about to talk about. Yeah, it's called the Iron Gag. Uh-huh. Uh, it was administered by clamping an iron collar on a prisoner's tongue, then strapped their arms behind their backs and chaining the tongue collar to their wrists. So literally any slight movement would cause the tongue to start tearing and bleeding. Yep. It's, uh, this one upset me when I read about it because it was... Uh, <laughs> I, that one, oh, there even Ming's got a picture of a guy looking like it's a, it really is a scary thing um, that the idea we're talking about legit torture here. And we're, I think we're experiencing torture in a positive way. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> let me, let me break that down. We're uh, experiencing torture in a positive way because we're having a repulsion towards it where we're like, that sounds terrible. There are like those weird BDSM people out there, those dungeon, the slaves and master yeah. people are like, this is hot. <laughs> What what is possibly good about this? Ooh, a mad chair? Do you have a mad chair? Can you put me in a water bath? Or uh, if you've seen uh, the Umbrella Academy, the one character gets waterboarded and he's like, "Oh yeah, I needed that drink of water." Jesus. Yeah. Ugh. Finds pleasure from the pain. Oh, that's uh, masochism. It's known yeah. as so uh, tortured people. But spend more time with your parents, folks. Okay. <laughs> um, this one uh, that 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 one about the tongue that the iron gag. I didn't know that was the name of it. I knew the method. I didn't know the name of it. Yep. But that's a little unsettling. So, uh, But these people are also being tortured because they're being tortured by the guards, mm -hmm. but they're also being tortured in their cells because at that time, the place was also haunted. So you have- Hang on. Yeah. So it's, it's I figured it would be haunted 
Now, that's a weird thing to even think about. When did something start being haunted? Keep going. Right. Uh, you got prisoners like their most notorious one is Al Capone. Well, I got a list of um, a couple of them here later. So uh, keep going, though. You, yeah. So he does I, spend some time at the prison. Eight he months, does, I believe. Uh, seven or eight months. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, he re- was reported to being heard in his cell at night being haunted by someone that he might have killed during the St. Valentine's massacres. You could hear him saying, go away, leave me alone. So, I mean, he was in there in 1929. A little reception for you, too. Um, the St. Valentine's Day massacre when Al Capone tried to kill Bugs Moran. Yes. Bugs Moran slept in that night because he got drunk with his girlfriend. And it was actually his brother-in-law that is supposedly haunting Al Capone. Bugs Moran's brother-in-law. Yep. No shit. That's fun. Jimmy Clark. I That's, think his name was. All those Irish guys all sound the same to me. Yeah. But <laughs> um, Capone, too, they always, uh, you want to talk about a history of mental illness. Um, so I believe Capone had syphilis. Yes. And um, the problem with syphilis is that it has a flare up and then it goes away. So if you're a guy and you don't want to go to the doctor, you're like, oh, it looks like everything's fine. What, my ankle healed itself. Right. But. Well, um, he knew he had it, but he was too embarrassed to do anything about it. But it does start eating away at your organs and your brain. Oh, yeah. He went, which is why he was released from Alcatraz. Uh, yes. And it was, um, well, I think he was Sing Sing, too. It, I mean, Al did some time all over. He was yeah. a wild boy. But um, so the idea of him being haunted is already uh, him. Him being, you would think he'd be the ghost that would be upsetting people. But right. the ghosts of his past are coming to roost with him. Right. That could be a solitary confinement thing. I see that. You got anything? But even before that, prisoners were thought that they were being haunted in their cells. One prisoner was let out in his uh, in his little solitary yard to do some exercise. As soon as he was let out of the door, he clubbed the guard and killed him with a part that he took from a sewing machine that he broke down and then went back and took a nap. <laughs> well, that's but, unsettling. Right. A little so, bit. Yeah. But he, killing apparently you the, the, the voices told him to do that. Well, go, total solitary confinement. There's people that pay good money to go sit in those uh, meditation tanks or whatever. <laughs> so you got to think this is just a meditation tank on steroids with some already angry people. Right. So a um, couple other ones. Did you know some of the other famous inmates? I wrote a few down. Um, I read about Willie Sutton. Slick Willie Sutton. Yep. An accomplished bank robber. Uh, he was caught only minutes into his attempted escape from uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. Yes, that he takes credit for, but it was actually another prisoner that hatched that whole plan. Well, I got a couple for you. Um, that Anything else you have on the torture stuff or no? I don't want to skip uh, over anything. No. All right. So these are a couple. I think, um, I think you guys will get a kick out of this. So obviously notable inmates of the pen, if you will. Al Capone did eight months over there. Had a nice little um, setup too, though. If you look at his, uh, what they say his cell looked like, uh, it was yeah, furnished they, with a, a lamp and oriental rugs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they recreated it. That's he had a music box and everything. And See, how bad could it really be? Right. Uh, another guy, Victor Andrioli, who killed a state trooper and uh, later escaped the pen. Um, he was then killed uh, while on the lam in a, a shootout at a diner. He's one of the famous inmates over there. This guy is the most unsettling out of all of them that I covered. Uh, or read about, I should say. Morris, the Rabbi Bulber. He ran an arsenic ring. Do, do you guys want to take a guess what a fucking arsenic ring is? Um, you kill a bunch of people with arsenic? Yes. And this guy was the, the witch doctor type that would provide you with the arsenic. But it was a specific type of um, 
arson. crime that they were a part of. <laughs> this arson ring, uh, arsenic ring, I should say. Uh, what they liked to do was um, you would go see Morris the Rabbi Bulber if you were a socialite in Philadelphia, you know, and you your husband beat you or something like that, or you got into an argument, or you just wanted to better your life. You would take out an insurance policy on your husband, and then the wife would go see the rabbi, and the rabbi would give them arsenic, and they would just slowly poison the husband with arsenic over time until he dies. Oh, is that him kosher? Oh, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying that most women I know have had this fantasy before where they're like a woman in the 1920s. You see, I poisoned my husband for the life insurance. Huh? But uh, yeah, so that was a, a real thing. This was a legit deal. So it's not just a fantasy from a Lady Gaga music video. OK, this is legit <laughs> shit happening. Um, the ring is thought to have killed over 30 people. Oh, yeah. So they were responsible for 30 deaths that 30 wives then cashed in the, the you know, life All from insurance. this rabbi. Yes. Uh, so this guy, he was uh, a f infamous prisoner over there. They said he was really mild mannered too, as he got older, because I mean, to him, it was probably just business. You know what I mean? He wasn't like, he's like, oh, you can get you the insurance money, kid. I mean, arson is a, a kind of mild way of killing people. They, they say most poisoners are women. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what was the line from Game of Thrones? Poison is a woman's weapon. Right? Yeah, because it's a relatively nonviolent way of killing people. The idea of s that sentence alone is amusing, though. It's a nonviolent way of killing someone. Yeah, it's a humane so, way of killing we're people. We're very passive, you see. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that's perfect for a rabbi then. He's a man of God, right? You would think. But, uh, but that was Morris the Rabbi Bulber, another guy. Uh, this dude is fascinating because he's technically still at large if he was still alive at the time of the article when i read it it was uh leo callahan was the guy's name there are you want to guess how many people actually escaped from eastern state penitentiary uh i heard it was more than a hundred right i had it as a hundred um it, they could have also been saying over a hundred because I, I read it from a couple of sources but uh leo callahan is one of the uh, hundred inmates to escape but he's the only one that never got recaptured so Leo Callahan got in there. I think it was an assault and battery charge, and then he escaped using a, a, a painter's wooden ladder. And Leo Callahan got away with it. That's so simple. They never. That simple shit works sometimes. What did Dad always say? Keep it simple, stupid. Right. Uh, that's true. So, but Leo Callahan got away with it, and he was never recaptured. Technically, still at large. If he's still alive, I think he's uh, over 110 years old, though. So that'd be impressive. But that means he pulled it off. Maybe so, he went to terror behind the wall. Do you, I wonder if it's a. Uh, I wonder if he had a deathbed confession. Oh, did I ever tell you guys I, I'm the guy who broke out of Eastern State Penitentiary. I was like, ah, oh, shit. You mean we're we're not the Munez family? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but uh, like you said earlier, Slick Willie Sutton. Um, when now when the building went under renovations, because Slick Willie talked about, uh, I think it was a tunnel that he had that he was trying to yeah, escape. Yeah, it was with. a tunnel. Um, but it was amusing to me because uh, when they were doing renovations on the, the prison, because the prison wound up closing, obviously, um, they're doing these real rehabilitation efforts and they're doing like the excavation crews that are in there like, look at all these tunnels underneath there. Where, where do they lead to? And then it'd be tunnels that weren't finished. So there were all, other multiple escape attempts going on yeah. almost at all times during the, the prison. Yeah, it was very like uh, Shawshank Redemption kind of. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. A, and then the, the terror of uh, a tunnel collapsing in on you is definitely the thing that would scare me the most, man. But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. This one is uh, – we're approaching one of my favorites here. Um, so the prison was also visited by uh, famed English author Charles Dickens. Yes, so, and uh, the Marquis de Lafayette. Really? When it was unfinished, he visited no in, shit. what was it, 1826, I believe. Yeah, he's uh, uh, Lafayette's good loser fodder. He's going to be a topic on the show eventually. But um, 
This one's my personal favorite. Here we go, folks. The most infamous inmate of all of Eastern State Penitentiary. Pep, the cat murdering dog. Yes. <laughs> you heard it right, folks. The governor of Pennsylvania gave a life sentence to the dog that murdered his wife's beloved cat. Yep. He was inmate number C2559. Yep. On his official mug shot. The right. dog has a fucking mug shot. <laughs> <laughs> He's cute, though. You ever see the, the dog shaming stuff they do where they put a sign on the dog right. and it's like, uh, I ate all the toilet paper or I shit in the house. This looks like one of That's those pep. where it's a, I murdered the governor's cats. <laughs> he also looks a little angry about it, though. Like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, this is bullshit. What are you going to do about me? But looks like an all right boy, you know? Look, they made a beanie baby out of him. That's terrifying. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, well, it's twelve ninety five. It's in stock. <laughs> a pep plush doll from the Eastern State Penitentiary Museum store. It's uh, it's true. By the way, a legit mugshot has Ming pulled up here. I'm going to bring that up uh, for the, the Instagram for sure. Um, but there are official prison records here. Now, another story is that uh, this was done as like a joke. That uh, the yeah, governor boost morale. Yeah, the, the governor put the dog in so that the, the dog could be like the prison dog because life's better with a dog. Everybody knows that. It so is. except for cat people, you fucking psychos. Yeah, unless but, you have bulls. <laughs> ugh, ugh. But anyway, um, wait. So if Stella kills one of my cats, she's gonna go to Eastern State. Yeah. Uh, to cool. be fair, Stella probably should be there already. Ah, um, <laughs> true to a degree. <laughs> but. Um, the prison would close and deteriorates over time, but there's some rehabilitation efforts. They've been very strong. And of course, uh, Ming, I'm not putting you in a weird spot, I don't think, by saying this one, but the comic book artist community. I see that you guys, like you and, and Mike and you know everybody else associated with the comic, like you guys have a, a fandom for it. And uh, you know a lot of the artists. There's a lot of starving artists out there, right? A lot, yes. And typically, until they make it, they're living pretty poor lives, right? Yeah, ramen noodles and, uh, <laughs> you know, reusing toilet paper, whatever, yes. Been there. Uh, that's that's pretty much road comic life right there, what you just said. But uh, I thought this was interesting. A lot of the artists start getting involved with Eastern State Penitentiary. So they start doing exhibits and stuff like that there. So imagine that's where, that's how demented artists are, that they feel at home in a, you know, <laughs> penitentiary. a penitentiary. They're like, oh, fine. Like, you don't know, do you understand what I could do with this place? <laughs> but this is great. That's, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was uh, interesting to mention here, but a couple of the, the things that they had um, was uh, there's a, a lot of people doing galleries and stuff there, uh, some dioramas trying to show prison life, uh, the passage of time being a thing. It's obviously time's more meaningful in a prison, but this one was interesting to me. There were uh, We were talking earlier, I don't like cats, I just don't, um, but there were, at the time, uh, there was like 70 cats or something like that, the cat colony that feral cats that came into Eastern State Penitentiary when it was closed down because all the inmates were removed as well. And the cats kind of ruled the roost over here. So it was it was creepy. And uh, so this one artist came in here and she made 39 sculptures of ghost cats that they, she then placed in different spots around the property and the prison. And this is all part of the rehabilitation efforts and stuff too. So uh, whenever you're walking around, you see, oh, Ming brought it right up there. God damn, you're fast, dude. Usually we got to wake Kahuna up at this point. It's like such a... <laughs> Kahuna, what? what? No. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's creepy little, not creepy, they're actually very cool looking. They're but cool. Um, it, it would mess you up a little bit to turn a dark corner and all of a sudden see a cat statue staring at you. A little bit. But there's uh, 39 of them on the property, if I got this right. Uh, and like you said earlier, Kerry, um, Eastern State, modern marvel that it had hot well, running water before uh, the White House did. Um, other artists, by the way, have showcased, uh, this one is the one I would want to see if I could. They used uh, red tubing to show the escape paths 
um, that different inmates attempted to use to get out of there. That's interesting. So, which would be hilarious because if they did the one about uh, Callahan or whatever his name is, it would take him all the way back to like Bisbee, Arizona. Right. You know. <laughs> but um, so a lot of interesting things going. On. A lot Actually, of- one of the inmates made its way to uh, Hawaii before they were captured. Oh man, dude! If you make it to Hawaii, I don't think we're allowed to take you back. Yeah. I think you did it. That's. <laughs> And uh, oh yeah, by the way, walking tours available during the day. Um, again, not putting you on the spot at all here, Ming. But can you take one wild guess as to what artist, um, what what actor I should say, does the narration for uh, the walking tours of uh, Eastern State Penitentiary? Oh, um, I don't know. I would guess like Morgan Freeman, Shawshank Redemption. But that would be a great fit. Yeah, that would be a great fit. It's actually Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Wow. Okay, yeah. that's a, that's a that's a great fit as well. <laughs> it's uh, depending on which role you're picturing him in, because if you're doing the um, Nucky Thompson thing, then that kind of fits. But if you picture him as uh, what's his name from uh, uh, Mr. Deeds, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> uh, do you know what year tours started at Eastern Penitentiary, um, Eastern State? You have a look on your face that has me ready to be upset. What is the answer? Uh, tours started in 1858. When people were still there. Yep. So you can go on a tour and come see the the yep. terrible. Oh the over ten thousand tourists in eighteen fifty eight, which was the most in a single year until the the historical tours started. Now historical, I can get on board with the horror stuff. People jumping out at you, not really my speed. I we yeah, you know, obviously I'm I'm former military. I'm also I used to wrestle, so I, I have instincts. One time I remember grabbing someone's wrist when they jumped out at me at one of the things down at a uh, fright night at Universal. And um, I've always felt bad about that. I also don't like being jump scared. It's not a, a favorite thing no. for me. So now add me into a place where my mind's already going to go dark in um, a place like this anyway, because it's an ominous looking structure. It is. Tell me about it when you pull up to it. Um, so there's obviously no like parking lot for it. So you're parking on the street, but then you're walking up to it. I pictured something that was like, you know, 100 feet tall. And so it from the outside it's not i don't think as tall as i thought it was um but it is a little scary because you're walking up to this fortification what looks like a fortification and it it looks like it would show up out of nowhere almost it does you you don't expect it and all of a sudden you're like oh shit i'm right next to it oh crap ominous Um, looking yeah it is very ominous looking what's it like when you go inside you get the feeling of dread the dampness in the air yes okay Uh, it's kind of like Again, like you're going into an old fort, like uh, the fort down in Delaware that we went to. It's kind of like that with like the open courtyard walkways. But then once you're in the cell blocks. And naturally cold. Yeah. Yeah. And then add in the fact that, uh, you know, people were tortured in this building. So yeah. I get spooked out enough just going down to St. Augustine and knowing that, um, you know, the different uh, nonsense that went down at uh, Castillo de San Marcos. Right. Um, but uh, anything else you want to say on the way out here? Um. I mean, it's a very cool place to go to. Definitely support them. It's uh, yeah. If you can, let's try to keep that bad boy open. It's not a place I want to see um, ever having to close its doors again, as no. spooky as it is. Um, I almost thought I was getting lost in the place. Uh, I was following the people that were in front of me, but at one point I was like, are we ever going to get out of here? Because it's just very not like a maze, but you feel like it's never ending. Just like aliens. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to reference that uh, movie on every episode of the show till we convince Dad to watch it. <laughs> but um, now this was awesome. Came, you came up with awesome research as always, Carrot. Did a great oh, job cool filling place. in. Um, I'm looking forward to going there one of these days. Obviously, I don't think it'll happen this year. But um, and Ming, I want to say thank you very much for your patience today. We started a full on half hour late 
due to traffic and Eatontown drowning. And flooding. Ugh, it's the worst. Um, I might just live here now, Ming, if that's okay. I'm going to pop up on the couch just like <laughs> Kahuna was the one night. And we'll just call it a day. Yeah, we'll wake you up and say, hey, time to start the show. It's like, <laughs> is it, okay. Is it Tuesday already? So, <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. It's uh, But thank you uh, for what you guys do. Uh, just come support the studio. Uh, they're great people over here. Make it very easy for us. And uh, that's the reason we do it. Also, feel free to check us out over at American Loser Podcast on Instagram, American Loser page over on Facebook. If you're messaging me on the Facebook one, I'm not really great with getting back to people on that. But if you message us over on uh, the American Loser Instagram, I will get back to you. I want to say thank you so much to... Uh, some of the people have been writing really nice reviews about us over on iTunes. I appreciate that. That helps uh, boost us up in the ratings. Also, if you want to check out the Patreon, it's a bonus episode, okay? And we get to do a deep dive. You get more Larry Burke content, which is what the people seem to like to pay for. <laughs> and uh, again, that's just a $5 donation. And that helps me keep this show going. So it gets to stay free on Tuesdays if you guys help me out uh, with just uh, the monthly episode. And I do give you something back in return for it. Uh, we have merch ideas that we're working on, but the guy I keep working with is uh, he's an attention to detail ass if you will all right he's one of my my best friends on the planet but he keeps telling me it's like, oh we really need to do this first before you set that up and it's like no i don't just make a fucking bumper sticker will you <laughs> so, but all that being said man uh you guys have been truly awesome we love the fans on here uh we do have a end of the month patreon that'll be coming up for you so if you sign up now you get access to that and all the previous stuff over here and if something comes up and you feel like donating more i appreciate that uh but just a five dollar donation keeps that bad boy rolling man so thank you so much for everything you're doing here carrie burke thank you for coming in today you're welcome no and problem. You did a great job as always. Now we'll get you back over to your personal little solitary confinement, right. also known as overnights at the Home Depot. Right. I tried to channel my inner Larry, but without the paper rustling. No, uh, the fact that she busted out a laptop here is a game changer, Ming. There was no, okay, and uh, we got, uh, you know. <laughs> I just got the tabs. <laughs> it's, it's a generational thing. Yeah, many forests were saved by That's your right. podcast today. <laughs> many. Yeah, my father hates the planet, apparently. But no, uh, he's back from uh, vacation uh, with my mom today. So uh, we'll get him back in here next week. We had to get you back in a little bit more often, Carrie. All right, it's been too long. Yeah. Good to see you, though. You have another topic coming up that I want to sit in on. Uh, soon. End of the month, actually. Yep. So, no, you'll be back for that one. So life will be good there. And uh, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. That was Eastern State Penitentiary, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. Born.